This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. of the sports podcast and of course always late with katie nolan katie nolan i haven't had anything like that in a very long time thanks i feel like it's my birthday well uh I think actually somebody has a question about that day coming up. I think soon we won't get to it uh, yet, but uh, okay. yeah, Katie, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Uh, how, how's your weekend been? Uh, it was good. It's been um, pretty much like every other weekend. So <laughs> nothing looks different and kind of run together, right? The same. So this, right. I mean, this is going to be the highlight of the next two weeks for me. I think it's the next <laughs> thing I have on the calendar. So I am thrilled to be here. Excellent. Well, that just means uh, you can come back with us next week, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I shouldn't say this, but I'm probably free. So, okay. All right. Well, we uh, totally won't uh, all slide into your DMs asking if you can uh, come back home with us. Most Uh, of you can't because they are closed. (laughs) That's true. That's true. We'll have to send steak uh, to to do that. Kevin is steak. Well, I, I was I was about to say, I think, you know, him by his other name, uh, that would be the first person that has a question for you this evening. Steak sauce steak. Take it away. Hi, Katie. Thanks for joining us. And you were right on time, which is surprising. Why is that surprising? <laughs> You're always late with Katie Nolan. Yeah, sure, sure. I just know that a specific group of people who listen to Levitard think I'm truly so late that they won't ever let me do anything. It's a bit. Sorry, <laughs> no. ask your question. Sorry, sorry. Um, I just, I'll ask the, the, the topic on everybody's mind. Um, what were your thoughts when uh, you found the news about Dan, uh, Dan Levitar leaving ESPN? He's what? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, I just also love whoever Aaron is. I hope you're enjoying your dinner. It looks delicious. Um, thank you for being here. It is. I'm almost done. Sorry. Sick. 
Awesome. That's okay. I just ate two mini baby bell cheeses in my bed. So I'm right there with you. Uh, how I felt about it. It's um, a bummer. I also don't know what I can say without getting yelled at. Uh, Cause I was pretty vague about it in a tweet and, and got a phone call. So um, it's a, I'll just say it's a huge bummer. Um, but at the same time, also a really good thing. I think that there was sort, you guys could kind of tell that the relationship wasn't necessarily working in the way that Dan hoped that it would and I don't know ESPN side and I won't pretend to but it seems like in this industry a lot of the time we're told you're just kind of supposed to suck it up and do the job which to a certain degree you are but I think Dan taking whatever steps he needs to do to do what he thinks he can um, is just means from a listener standpoint like you're gonna get pure Dan so I'm bummed because I don't get to like make him hang out with me anymore like Texting Dan is not as easy as seeing Dan on HQ and being like, we can catch up now. He doesn't respond pretty much ever. So uh, it's going to be tough for my friendship with Dan, but I think it's probably the best thing in the long term for both sides. And they both say that it was amicable. So we're supposed to just accept that. And I'll say it's a bummer for me, but probably a good thing for him. Right on. I think that was a, a, a fine line you threaded. It's like there. I'm running in for office. I feel like yes, exactly. Need to like elect me to something now because I kind of crushed that. It was very good. It was very good. I'm impressed. All Thank right, you. we're gonna go to uh, Pam ha- at Halloween Basic on Twitter next. She's got a uh, a question about that uh, birthday coming up soon. I believe. Go Ooh. ahead, Pam. Hi, Katie. Hi. I'm super nervous to talk to you. Oh, I'm, don't be. It's I'm I'm genuinely nothing. Just ask your question. I'm so excited to hear it. Is your last name really Lace? Because that's cool it, as hell. It's really Lace. That's awesome. Are you a porn star? And no judgment from me. <laughs> You're not the first person to ask. I know. And I just, I didn't mean it to be rude. I would have been, I didn't want to say you should have been a porn star because oh. then I would have assumed and I don't want to make an assumption. Um, if I were 20 years younger and 20 pounds lighter, says who says who, well, there is a niche for everything. Live your dreams. Anyway, sorry. You had a question. (laughs) Yes. So your birthday is coming up very soon. And I wondered what your pandemic birthday plans look like. And as a follow-up, if we were not in a pandemic, what would your birthday be like? Oh man, I'm the worst person to ask this question too because the answer is probably going to be the same <laughs> either way. Uh, January 28th, for anybody listening that wanted to know, uh, I will be 34. Ooh, I will be 34. This, my Larry Bird year was spent inside. So that, that's uh, always something I'm going to have to live with. My plans right now are my plans for every day and have been for the last 10 months, 11 months, a year. Uh, I'm probably going to hang out here and uh and hang out with my dog myrtle who absolutely rules and my boyfriend dan who also absolutely rules kind of lucked out in in both of those departments and i'll probably you know get to watch whatever i want and i bet at some point my boyfriend's going to surprise me with a gift because he did that on christmas and he did it on our anniversary which is a day i definitely remembered and knew was happening um (laughs) so i didn't feel like a jerk when i got surprised with a gift uh, but it, you know, I think plans are just to hang out. He might also surprise me with some cool zoom thing. I don't know. He's very good at surprises, which is very frustrating because every day is a surprise to me when you forget that it's Tuesday. Like I, <laughs> everything feels, uh, like an unexpected thing I have to do in quarantine. Cause I've been stuck here forever. Um, 
if we weren't in quarantine, I was going to say it'd look the same. But now that I think about it, uh, my birthday is always whenever I'm doing Super Bowl stuff because we were always traveling to the Super Bowl the week before or the weekend before uh, or the weekend before the week before, because then you spend the week before doing media and then the weekend is the Super Bowl. Uh, so I've always been flying on a plane or uh, in a hotel room by myself on my birthday, which honestly, when you get to go to the Super Bowl, you don't complain about, but it is nice when people are there and you get to be like, hello, all you famous people. Today's about me. And you get uh, people that normally wouldn't come to your birthday party that have to drink with you because they're in your lobby of your hotel. That's yeah, amazing. That's awesome. That's so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for your question. If I do make a porn, I'll be sure and yes. thank you. And <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I, you can even just send me a link. I don't care. I just want to support you and what you do. Give me your OnlyFans. <laughs> Let me be a fan. Perfect. Oh, thank you. Porn, I love you so much. <laughs> I, I did not expect this interview to veer so heavily into porn this fast. Yeah, you guys got to um, mind your business. That all, conversation really. was between like, Pamela and I. You just hey, have to be there for it. That's true. I'm a fly on the wall. I, uh. Uh, oh, are you doing your makeup on this Zoom? Are you doing a tutorial? Can you show? Can we zoom in on you so I can know how to do it? Oh, uh, you don't. You don't want this. One time, I I actually closed my mouth mid Zoom and with glue, and then I couldn't speak when it was my time Ooh. to get to it. Maybe we have more smart. in common than I thought. You look very that is a pretty. True story. Uh, well, we'll get there. Okay. I love that your question is going to be about how pretty you are. I can't wait. Oh God, no. <laughs> All right, up next, we've got uh, Lou Rafter. He's got a world record question, I believe. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, so when I was doing research on you, I uh, saw that you had the Guinness record for stacking donuts blindfolded. One, do you still have the record, and why did you decide to do it, and like, how did it come about? You guys are going to have to stop me because I could talk about this for hours because I grew up playing sports, and I haven't – I didn't realize this till afterwards – haven't had that sort of a challenge outside of video games in my life since then. And so like we thought doing this was going to be a joke. It was a bit that we were doing for always late, but the training, because I did, I trained for it. Uh, and then the eventual payoff of actually getting the thing, I celebrated like I scored a touchdown. And when I see the video now, I cringe because I'm like, lady, all you did was stack a couple donuts on top of each other. But because I worked so hard for it, I was like, this feels amazing. So we had this idea for always late because there weren't gonna be commercials because it was gonna be on ESPN Plus. We had to solve for the hosting a show at a desk without being able to be like, we'll be right back and then come back in a different look. And so the way we at least tried to fix it at first was we would have these little segments called interstitials. And one of them every week, a good refillable one would be, I would attempt some insane Guinness world record. Because if you've ever actually looked at the book, there are records that are like, why does that exist? And so we had somebody on staff whose job it was to pull all of the ridiculous sounding ones that weren't painful or didn't require me to do anything too wild, like uh, M&Ms eaten with chopsticks in a minute. Um, there was number of olives you could eat in a certain amount of time. And I love olives and we tried that one and it didn't air, but it affected my relationship with olives. We did, uh, uh, balloons popped with your butt. 
which was uh, very, very painful by the 13th balloon and also video that shouldn't exist of me on the internet knowing that gifts are a thing. <laughs> Uh, but whatever, we tried it. And then, so once we, we wanted there to be a big payoff to this segment before we left right. ESPN plus, because we weren't going to need it anymore, but we were like, we've done all these records. Let's pick one that we think we can realistically do. And sure. then we'll try it live on air because in order to actually win or like get into the Guinness records thing, you Guinness Book of World Records, pretty famous phrase, lady. Um, the person from Guinness has to come and like stand there and sure. ref you doing it, I guess. So we were like, okay, this one seems easy. It was donuts stacked. I want to say originally it was donuts stacked in in a minute. And the record was something like 11. And or it was, no, the record was high. What was my record? I don't even know. Do you know, Lou? Because you're asking the question and you did the research. I don't remember either, but let's say that it was 11. So for the sake of it, it was like 15 for this other record. So right. I practiced, we like shot me around the office trying to stack donuts. You'd be surprised. There's like crazy rules about how big the donuts can be and like if they can be glazed or frosted. So we like took all that into account and I practiced with donuts. And then the day of a producer, their sole job was to go get these bespoke donuts we had ordered from a, from a bakery that fit the specifications and wouldn't get us in any trouble. So we got the donuts. We decided we would do it in front of our live audience, have the you know Guinness lady there. So we set the whole segment up and then we threw to this video that we had created of like fake interviewing people around the office, like Jalen and Jacoby and whatever, saying what they thought about if Katie Nolan could beat this record. So we were like yeah. hyping it up. We, while we're in the video, my producer Ashley comes over to me and she's like, okay, the donut inspector from Guinness has found that a bunch of our donuts are not regulation. So here's what we're going to do. We either have to cancel this completely and disappoint everybody. Um, we can tell everybody that that's what happened, but we can't do it. Or we do it anyway. And then we just don't get the Guinness certification. Or we have found another, another uh, record. It's donuts stacked blindfolded. It's less donuts. So we have enough donuts that meet the criteria because only like five of ours were found to be bad. And Jacoby has two velvet do-rags in his desk that we can tie together and use as a blindfold. Obviously. And I was like all that information, and I got it, and I was like, I'm sorry, Jacoby has two do-rags in his desk. And they're made <laughs> like, how is that not what we're making this entire segment about now? That makes no sense. So anyway, I put these velvet do-rags on my face and I started to do this task that was not the task I had just trained for. Because when you have blindfold sounds like not a big deal, but when you can see, you can tell if they're moving or not. If you're, right. if you can't see, I had to keep like feeling my way up this pillar of donuts with a live audience. And my producer surprised me by putting like, who wants to be a millionaire, like suspenseful music right, in, the, right, right. in my earpiece. And I'm like, this is stressing me out. So I do it. I take my hands off and I'm like, did I get it? Did I get it? And the Guinness lady is like, the tower has to be standing at the end of a minute. And I was like, that is a rule that I wish I had been made aware of. I thought it was within a minute, can you stack it? And then it stands for five or 10 seconds or whatever it is. So now I'm at a point, if you can put yourself in the shoes of the athlete here, now right. I'm like, <laughs> do I keep my hands off of this and hope it's so well stacked, it will stay for the rest of the, I think it was like 20 seconds or 
Do I go back in and try to fix it? And in the process, maybe it worse. And then it's not. So I'm like, oh my God. So I started touching things. And then I'm like, this was a mistake. And then she's like, hands off. And in my head, I'm like, I know that this isn't going to work. I know I'm going to take my hands off and it's going to fall. And I took my hands off and they counted. And then she was like, you did it. And I like ripped those do-rags off my face. And I was like, let's go, like screaming, jumping up and down. Um, it felt amazing. I'm now remembering there were like eight other parts to your question. I believe I still hold the record. But if you guys are looking to start a beef because you look like a beefy group, if we you want to help back me up on a beef, have you heard of Dude Perfect? Yes. Yes. Yep. You don't yes. have to tell me if you like or dislike them. From here on out, you dislike them. They yes, attempted. Done. They attempted this. It's easier for some. Uh, they attempted this record. Their donuts were glazed. Wow. Uh, I believe one of their donuts was frosted. The guy who was stacking it had people helping him, like coaching him, telling him things, which uh, probably could have happened for me and might be the fault of like my friends that they weren't helping me and this entire audience of people who watched me in silence, but I'm still gonna hold it against Dude Perfect. The guy was getting help and they tied my record and they got a plaque. What? And I was like, you don't get to tie the record and get in the record book. Seriously, and yeah, I know two people in that entry. Yeah, I know because somebody actually sent me a picture of the record book. I'm in it. Like, I'm not in it as if I'm famous. There's no picture. There's nothing exciting. It just says like this record is held by Katie Nolan. It sounds like some bullshit. Yeah. So I was like, dude, perfect. What the hell? And then they, I don't, they either never responded to me or I forgot to care what Dude Perfect says and check. They know more. Okay. We'll take care. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll hop on Twitter. Got it, got uh, it handled. Don't, don't go too crazy. I mean, we, we got a lot of like, Twitter fingers in this group. Yeah, this but group. make sure they're like slightly empathetic Twitter <laughs> fingers. Like, I don't need you to go like cyber bully anybody, but right, right. they say they're perfect. And I feel like pointing out their imperfections is just showing them that it's, you can't, it's illegal. It's not true advertising your dude pretty good yep yep absolutely no, you put nobody in our group would do that yeah right good <laughs> if uh if you put perfect in the title of your channel it's got to be perfect you You're can't miss for right it. yeah exactly exactly all right up next we're gonna go to steve he's got a question about you uh being in studio with the show i believe go ahead steve no i actually put, taking a little change up here so my, my wife and I, I were at the uh, to ask about the Middle East. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so my, my wife and I went to the New York live show for the, the Leopard event. Um, so I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that in general, but specifically just the abundance of time they gave you up on stage. It wasn't a lot, right? Is that the joke we're making? A yeah. very good joke. Uh, yeah, they kicked you off in like 10 seconds. It was, it was, it was, Do you know Stu's why? Fault. It's because Stu messed up the joke. Yeah, it was. Did he they, made it awkward. Did they admit to what happened ever? Because Stu was supposed to deliver this joke. I was told it ahead of time because they're nice people. And they were like, oh, we don't want to make you feel bad. And I was like, I don't feel bad about one time making a million dollars. I'm never going to feel guilty about that because I know that I'll spend it responsibly. Uh, it, but like they had told me about it and I was like, yes, I'll do it. I'm a good sport. And then he asked the question wrong. And I was like, yeah, Stu, 
okay. So I didn't know what to do. So I tried to make it into the best possible situation and I thought it worked out okay. And then later Dan was so apologetic that I was like, oh no, did I look like a dickhead? Did I do something wrong? But that show was so much fun. And if you if you listen to the show every day, which I imagine you guys must, uh, you know that I when I'm around the presence of that show, all I want to do is be like, bloop and then leave because I I get too nervous I get too in my head like most of the stuff I do is either like off on my own or it's with my producers because being around people who do this professionally and have always done this professionally and are very good at it in the way that I like to be like I'm not nervous around people like Stephen A. Smith he is what he does is what he does but it doesn't look anything like what I do so when I'm around him I'm like I can do what I do and you'll do what you do and it'll make the content better but with this show I'm like like what you do is so close to what I do that if I don't do what I do perfectly, I'm going to be useless in this capacity. And everyone's going to be like, you're not as good at Dan as being Dan. So why are you trying to be Dan? And I got way, I get way in my head about that. So going to the live event was awesome for me because I got to spend most of my time talking to people who also love Dan Levitard's radio show, which is an ideal. And the drinks were free because I was in the show. So like <laughs> that is the perfect situation for me. Uh, I had a ton of fun. I know I wasn't on there for a very long time, but if I was, you'd be like, why is she still here? Um, so it was a blast for me. I hope it was a blast for you and your wife as well. Yeah, uh, it was, and it was definitely very clear that Stu Gatz messed that up. Nobody, absolutely nobody thought that was done yet. I mean, and we all knew I should have, I, why didn't I plan for Stu to mess yes. that up? But I was like, wait, but the joke, you wrote it so well, and then you didn't deliver it at all correctly and so now I don't know what to do except say I'm sorry and leave so you know I did as best I could I came back at him a little hard where I just attacked him for never being on highly questionable and I was like I didn't want to be mean but now you left me no choice Stu you fucked the choke up <laughs> yeah you could say you that good? you're good, you're good. Okay. And, uh thank you Steve I hate uh Steve's wife wasn't able to join us this evening she's a huge huge fan of yours oh what's um, her name her name's Catherine. Cat. Hell, my name's Catherine too. Is she with a K or a C? K. Okay, cool. I was gonna say I don't want to have to hate this lady. No, tell her <laughs> I said hello and that um you can or hi Catherine. It's Katie, also Catherine, and I think you're great. And Steve seems cool, but if he's not, you let me know. We'll we'll take care of it. She will love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sure. All right. Up next, we're going to Mayor Matt. He's got a question for you about being on air. Go ahead, Matt. Katie, he's not that cool. Um, I'm just kidding. But thanks for uh, spending some time with us. I do want to know, uh, you seem to be the kind of person that really uh, will, you, you have the ability to laugh at yourself. And I think that's one of the greatest qualities that anybody can have. And so I'd really like to know what was the worst on-air gaffe or some situation where things just went totally off the rails on, on live television and, and how that experience was. Oh, goodness. I don't want to tell the story I've told before because you guys deserve an original story. I'm trying to think if there's a time when things went off the rails in a funny way and not in a, because yes, I can laugh at myself, but there are times where you're like, this is too many things going wrong out of my control. Um, uh, oh man, I, it's the same story, but it's a part of it I haven't really told. When I did the live, so every, when I was on Fox, Garbage Time is a, uh, was a once a week, half hour, 
show. And we would like pre-record some of it throughout the week. And then we'd film like the desk parts one day and we'd edit it all together. And <clears throat> some people on some media platforms currently like to say that making a half hour show once a week, taking that long to make a show is crazy. Um, I think that person just doesn't understand the difference between types of television, where if it's just you and another person yelling at each other all the time, that's a lot easier to make than if you're making something that's like a scripted sketch and needs to be edited. I'm just subtweeting someone through your podcast. So so uh, it, the, we would do these shows like that. But then when we would go to the Super Bowl, they gave me an hour live on TV, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which when you make half an hour normally was like, what am I supposed to do with that? And so the second time we did it was the Super Bowl in Houston, which if you don't know, was the one where the Patriots ended up <clears throat> coming back in overtime and winning. Um, but we were at that Super Bowl. It was the first show. Some people are happy. Some people are sad. I appreciate yeah, that. I'm in Atlanta. I'm outside of Atlanta. So yeah, go oh, ahead. Keep going. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, there was, uh, so we had the first show. We had actually, I'd gone to LA the week before and we had practiced like what this live, we turned our show into a panel show basically. And we had practiced it. When I showed up, we did the first show. I sit down in the chair. I'm next to uh, Chris Carter, who's now my on my panel because he just got hired by Fox and like Nick Wright and Sarah Tiana, who's a comedian who's very funny, who you should follow if you don't. And, uh, and I look in the prompter, we're live on TV and what's loaded in the prompter is the joke script we had used for the rehearsals. I was like, hi, I'm Katie Nolan, and this isn't really live. So who cares what I say? My panelists today are Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. Like it was all incorrect information. And so I'm looking at the camera. As soon as I saw Barack, I was like, oh my God. And I'm very bad at, and could probably get better at, but haven't needed to, just like in the moment, remaining in the moment, remembering a person's name. Could have been my brother sitting next to me. And as soon as I saw that it said Barack Obama in the prompter, I was like, I have to remember who this is. It's Chris Carter. I know it's Chris Carter. I know that's Nick Wright, but I was like, joining me today. And I looked down at my script and I saw that it was right, like the hard copy. And I was like, okay, we're gonna be fine. Got through that. Uh, then we're in this all same episode. Uh, same, com no commercial break yet. Still sweating through my shirt. And Chris Carter brings up Spygate because we were talking about Deflategate. And he said something that was an incorrect Spygate fact. He said, uh, whatever the thing was, it was like that recorded the practice. And then that part was found to be true. But like this other part was whatever. He said the wrong thing. And now I'm like, do I speak up? to Chris Carter. On the one hand, it's my show. On right. the other hand, he's Chris Carter. He played football. He probably knows a lot more about this than I do. I'm just a passionate Patriots fan. And I, and I did, and we got into an actual fight. And then uh, when we finally got to commercial and I could breathe out, uh, he like called his handler over. We've since mended fences. We're fine. Chris Carter gets my love, but he called the guy over and was like, I'm never doing another show like this again. And uh, then somebody handed him their baby because that's what people do to you when you're Chris Carter, which is another level of fame I just will never understand. Someone gave them him their baby and he was like, to the baby, was like, how does it feel to be surrounded by people at your intellectual capacity? And I was like, this guy's talking shit about me to a baby. I don't know how to bounce back for a B block. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. And so um, this baby. isn't really a... 
yeah, this isn't really a story of a time when I bounced back from it very well and laughed at myself, but uh, I did show up and do the show the next day. And so I think that's a good <clears throat> testament to courage. I don't know. I, that was the most stressful day of my life. I bawled, I bawled my eyes out. Uh, which also has been used against me. I Once it was done, you know when you finish something that like takes all of your emotions and your sure. body, I don't know if it's different for men than for women, but sometimes my body just is like, it's tears time. And I'm like, no, I'm in a professional situation. I do not want to cry, but it's just how I get it all out. I waited until the audience all were like loaded out and I like waved at them and the set was a glass box in the middle of like fan town and I found a corner where no one could see me and I just was like ah! and just like let it all out and then I wiped it all off and then I had most of those fans were standing outside looking for autographs because I think in situations like that people are like you were on tv you must be famous but they had no idea who I was so I had like mascara running down my cheeks I'm like posing for Instagram pictures it was a, a very very stressful day but that was the day that things went the absolute worst that they could have Thank on air. You. Thank you. All he does is catch touchdowns. He doesn't get facts right. <laughs> there was, though, there was a time that Ryan, nope, was it Ryan Gosling? No, it was um, Ryan Reynolds was supposed to come to a live show and he was late and we were live at the Super Bowl and Peter Schrager from Good Morning Football was my co-host. He had been my like couch guy uh, and he, we had been like, it was, we were about to go live into like the second segment and he wasn't there yet. So we had him and Mike Garofolo sit on the couch and we were gonna change the segment. It was gonna be like me chatting with the two of them about the actual Super Bowl. And at the last second, Ryan Reynolds showed up. So we came back from break and I had the two of them on the couch and I just had to be like, thanks for sitting there. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Reynolds. And he came up and the two of them freaked out by how, because I mean, in person, he is just as beautiful as he looks on TV and he's also really charming. And they were like hugging him. And then the camera kept cutting away during the interview to these just two football dudes who were sitting on the couch, just like cheesing over Ryan Reynolds. That's probably the funnier story where we had to roll with something. And most people at home were like, what is happening? But we turned it, it made the segment that much better. I love those two guys for that moment. Thank you, Katie. You're welcome. Sorry. I'm just going to give 18 stories to your question. I'm sorry, Mayor Matt. We I do. Hope, please don't arrest me. It was that good of a question. I can't look, even It was. It absolutely was. We uh, Look, we are on your schedule, so uh, you, you stay with us as, as long as you want to. Um, we do have a lot of questions to get to, so uh, I'm not rushing you or anything like that. I feel but, rushed. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel very I, I rushed. No, my boyfriend might come in at some point and try to order dinner. That's the only obligation that I have for this evening. Okay, yeah, we, whatever you need to do. We've, we've had uh, people go get DoorDash and uh, eat dinner while they've been on with us. Sarah had a couple glasses of uh, wine uh, oh. with us, Sarah Spain. So, yeah, I should have uh, done that. Yeah. Well, uh, if, if you need to take a break, you know, we'll, we'll be right here. Thank you. Uh, up next, we're going to go to Drake, a.k.a. Cody Cavalry. He's got a uh, shipping container question, I believe. Go ahead. <gasps> oh. Hey, Katie. So if you were given the green light to start your own Dan Lebitard-esque show, who would your co-host be and who would your shipping container be? Any, the world is your oyster. doesn't have to be ESPN. It could be anybody. How could you possibly ask this question to a person who has been sitting in the pandemic, having lost her co-host, mulling over this question every day and every night? This is like the meanest. This is like your therapist being like, when are you going to stop fucking around and get better? Like, this is a very hard question to answer. Um, 
Ooh. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize. Because part of me wants to just answer it like a fantasy booking and just grab people I could never get. But the other part of me is like, you've really been logically thinking about this, but then I don't want to give away who I've been thinking about. <sighs> okay. my Let's go piece by piece. My Mike Ryan would have to be Ashley um, because he's a good producer. And so was Ashley. She knows me better than anybody else. And I think Mike knowing Dan better than anybody else is part of why it does. And that doesn't always mean they were like in love and best friends, just knowing somebody better than, you know, anyone else. And I think that she would do that. I would also probably try to take Mike Ryan. I'll be honest, but you know, no need to start a fight. Uh, it'll be Ashley. And then we need like what, four supporting characters. Um, so I feel like uh, I would grab somebody from my Reddit because my Reddit uh, is the nicest. I know you guys have the reputation of being the nicest place on the internet. It's because <laughs> you guys are big. You're like a big Reddit. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> there couldn't be anything further from the truth. <laughs> no, but you guys are known as like a really cool fan base that's nice and, and great. No? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. All hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. All love here. Mark, you want to feel that one? Just love for the show, but not for other people who are who you think aren't acting in the show's best interests. Yeah, I get it. You're like a, you're like Swifties. You know, you you're very soft. Oh, wow. and you Consider yourself to be like forest nymphs until somebody messes with your god, and then you're like, ah, we're evil nymphs. I get it. More I get of a it. myself. Yeah. Snake emojis. My so my Reddit is like this little lovely place on the internet where people who are sad girls and and that's gender neutral. They're just sad girls. They can come and be like, oh, I feel this this week. So I would take somebody from there. There's a lot of really talented people. There's this woman named Camille. There's uh, Mariah, who's really great. Kelly, who works at Google and probably wouldn't take the job. Either way, I would grab a couple people from my Reddit because that's who I'm most comfortable with. And and then I would probably, this isn't an answer that is good for this podcast. Why am I answering it this way? It doesn't matter. You ask the question and I'm answering it. I would go grab Matt Ford. He was a producer on Garbage Time when I did that podcast. And he was just my favorite. And he's also a sweet boy. So I'd, I'd throw him in there. And then um, now I need my co-host. It's tough. I don't know. See, I want, you got to do what Dan did is you got to get a stew. You need a person that brings stuff to the table that you don't, that makes you and is funny because all the people I like are too similar to me. And this is where the problem comes in. Me, damn it. It's me. You want me. (laughs) Israel Gutierrez. I've been sitting here jumping up and down the whole time. Are you a friend of someone's? Wow. Have we met? What do I have to do? I mean, you showed up with your, your guns universe. out. You showed up with your guns out. You showed well, up ready to fight. Like, I actually you walk up. in here with two pistols, and I'm going to be like, hey, Izzy, how's it going? Like, this isn't a hostage situation. Put a shirt on. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to, here. I rushed over here because oh, I went to the gym and then I went to go play tennis and I was like, oh my, it's 7.15. Steak told me this started at seven. I figured you'd be late. You wow. weren't. And <laughs> so, yeah, now I'm just taking, you know, daggers to the back. But I did have a question for you and it was something entirely different, but you made me change the question. So <laughs> It's my fault. <laughs> no, 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 it's a good thing. Uh, my question is, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Oh, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Gosling is is Ashley and I got into a fight on this in my podcast she was like I think if he was walking down the street and he wasn't famous or maybe I said that and she took the opposite who knows 
he's just he's 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 famous hot and he's like he's benefited a lot from the roles he's been cast in i recently rewatched um not love and other drugs what's the uh crazy stupid love mm-hmm. and he's like his character's kind of a jerk in it but it made him look Wait hotter oh, ryan look reynolds hot. okay. is so hot he's so funny and he doesn't take himself seriously it is it is, uh, un- I was uncomfortable with how comfortable he made me. I could just get lost in his eyes. We did a very stupid bit where we asked, like, is this the name of a person who's starting in the, um, in the Super Bowl or a startup company? And he, <laughs> thought, and he, like, played along with it. It was, he was so, he's such a kind person. And he's really funny. And he's Deadpool. So what do you what do you want me to say? Well, I mean, see, that's part of the that's part of the reason you're wrong. Um, he mm-hmm. played a burnt character in Deadpool. You can't be hot mm-hmm. when your body's all. You know, Are you kidding? Like he was so hot that his skin showed damage. He was so hot, his skin was like, "We gotta go." By the way, you mentioned um, you mentioned love and other drugs. So I have to mention that one time um, I was in Bristol at the same time that Jake Gyllenhaal was doing a car oh. wash, and I stalked him a little bit. Do you guys want to know the weirdest story I shouldn't probably say in public, but I've never had an opportunity to tell anyone. And boy, am I grateful for this. Joe Buck once texted me. I have a friend who might be interested in you. Would you want me to, or maybe he called me and I didn't answer. And he was like, I was just calling to talk to you about a friend that I might be interested in you in my head. I'm like, Joe Buck's got a friend in Chicago or something, wherever he's from that wants to date me. I'm not, I have a boyfriend. I'm not interested. Like, thanks so much. I saw Joe Buck at, I want to say it was the NFC championship game. I don't even remember when it was or why I was there. It doesn't matter. I saw Joe Buck and he's like, you never got back to me. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm sorry. I have a boyfriend and I didn't know how to have that conversation. And I, I just get uncomfortable when people I work with that are men bring up other sure. men. And I'm like, sure. and he was like, okay, but um, now I just forgot. Who did you just say? Because now my head's saying Ryan Gosling. Jake Gyllenhaal. He goes, it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Holy and I, shit. Like, flipped my, I flipped my food off the table and was like, yo, you lead with that. Man, I gotta get in touch with Joe Buck. With Um, that, what do you mean, Jake Gyllenhaal? Why in the world would I not get back to you? I thought you were talking about some dude that's your age, and I wasn't into it. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Wow, you missed out. Hey, real quick, um, what was the movie with Gosling in it where he picked up? I was it. It wasn't Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Crazy Stupid Love. Said, That's the one I was That was Crazy Stupid at. Love. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, when he, she says he looks like he's Photoshopped. Like, yes. Yeah, he which he does, but that doesn't do it for me. Abs are like, about- these are cool, but now mm. I'm just thinking about how I don't have them. And so now I feel fat. So what that's about- not good. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Is he what? If you're a bird, I'm a bird. The line from the notebook. Come on. Well, I, I know it's if from you the did, notebook. If you didn't know it's... when you heard that, if you haven't seen the notebook, you need to watch it. Tonight. I've seen the notebook. It's okay. very sad. It's very emotional. But if you think if you're a bird, I'm a bird is going to be the thing that does not it for ladies. Right. It's not. <laughs> it's just not. I will give you Ryan Reynolds in that movie with Betty White and uh, what's her name? Um Blind Sandra side. Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Blind where, you know, there was there was some good side. scenes in there. The proposal is the movie the proposal, that yeah. of, and it was a great film because Ryan Reynolds is a national treasure, and I'm okay with less people knowing that and fighting over the Chris's like they matter because we need to protect our Ryan, even though he's technically Canadian. He's ours now. 
right, after this, next time you're on, we'll just talk about the Hemsworths and whatever. I have thought. I like Izzy making the blindsided romantic movie. I mean, <laughs> where it is. Also, Izzy, thanks for bailing me out from having to answer that other question. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> he truly, truly saved you on that one. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I really think so. I'm going to go hit the shower. Uh, pleasure. Thanks. Izzy, thank it you is. for joining us again. Before photo, before photo. It's coming, it's coming right now. I Happy New Year. Up. Happy New Year before you go. <laughs> Who was uh, that? Up next, we're going to throw it to Fleminem, a.k.a. Frank. And okay, thanks for joining us. What's up, Frank? That's a cool room you're in. Is that a closet? It's a horrible name. Uh, I got reminded by a local radio station today how nobody should name their kid Frank. So that was fun. What? Frank? Kid room, yeah. name. It's a hot sauce. You put that shit on everything. One of the best. That's right. So uh, it's not really a question. I'm actually going to ask well, you to good. give advice. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm here for is not asking questions. Just uh, make me a bicycle clown type request. No. <laughs> So this the second week, time uh, I've referenced that line today. That's how my day is going. It's not the first time someone has said, make me a bicycle clown to me. At this point, you can just tell me to fuck off if you no, don't want to make No, no. What's your advice? No, what do you need? I'm just kidding. So last week, Stu was quote unquote shocked that they, him and Dan have not been requested to be on these late night shows throughout mm. their whole new scavenger or whatever the word I'm looking for there was. You've obviously been on Kimmel two years ago. Adventure. Mm. So it I was. think you Thank need you to give noticing. advice to Stu on how it is to make it to the big stage uh -huh. and how I think it's time for you to counsel Stu on how to get there. Wow. That was good. So not only was it not a question, it's advice that isn't for you. I like this. Exactly. I yeah. like the way you I have, I have, so I have zero you. chance. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so here's the thing I've been on and, you know, not to toot my own horn because I'll, I'll knock myself right off the pedestal in just one second. I've been on Seth Meyers. Jimmy Kim, have I been on Kimmel twice? I think I've been on Kimmel twice. It is so weird. I, my first time when I was on Seth Meyers, I, I sat down and I was like, why am I here? I think it was people pulling strings on my behalf um, because I, I never would have had me on their show. I, there's just nothing worth talking to me about. One of the times when I was on Kimmel, uh, they... They had to like give, we had to come up with something to talk about because like I couldn't even promote my show because my show wasn't on at the time. It was just like when Kimmel says they've got room for you, you're like, okay, I'll do it. Um, so I don't even know what advice to give. Um, I would say be, be likable, Stu, but I know that that's hard. So uh, I don't follow them on, maybe follow them on Twitter. Jimmy Kimmel followed me on Twitter and then I got to go on his show. I didn't, I don't. I'm still uncomfortable by it. When <laughs> we did okay. our famous people celebrity Zoom thing and it was like, who's the most famous person you can get to come to this Zoom? I DM'd drunkenly Jimmy Kimmel and asked him to come to a random Zoom link. And not only did he not show up, uh, the next day or like three days later, he wrote back, like, I don't check my DMs. And I was like, I hate myself. I hate, I hate every, I'm sorry. I wasted my chance. Like you followed me. I'm really sorry. I took advantage of that. It was uh, very uncomfortable for me. So I have no idea how to get to these shows, but I know that once Stu gets there, he'll crush it because that's what he does. But you just getting in the door is tough. Um, Maybe he could try wearing something more form-fitting or smiling more. I'm not really sure. Noted. Well, I'll, I'll end with saying thank you in the non-Stugats way. Uh, your recent interview of yourself to start off the recent changes in the vulnerability. No, I actually, I like the I'm vulnerability and the addressing of uh, not having certain people around you when you're 
chasing certain goals at a professional level. Uh, it's not that a lot of people can relate to, but it was actually really touching. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for saying that. I'm so mortified that anybody listened to that, but it means a lot to me. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Flynn. Yep. Uh, All right. We're going to throw it out to Jeff next. I think he's got a question about dogs. Go ahead, Jeff. Jeff, I love it. (laughs) Hey, Katie. It's Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Um, It's Katie. How are you? Good. How are Um, you? I'm well. Um, So I had a question about Myrtle. Um, I know you adopted over this pandemic period, and I've kind of followed along with her growing up on social media and stuff like that, so it's fun. But uh, my question is twofold. Um, One, what is the thing that she's destroyed that pissed you off the most? And then what was the thing that your significant other owned that she destroyed that was the funniest? See, okay, so we... um... First of all, thank you for knowing anything about Myrtle. She's my little angel. And whenever people know her, somebody recognized her on the street before they recognized me. And I was like, this makes me so happy because she really is the best dog. She is a mutt through and through. We cannot get any sort of information that will be helpful for us on what she is. And when we take her to the groomer, they do such weird stuff with her hair that I'm like, do you know what kind of dog this is? That's a very specific haircut. Um, She, when I, so I've never had a dog before, never once, not as a kid. I had like an an aunt with a dog, but that's the closest I've come to having a dog. So I was always stressed out as a person who doesn't like to do things unless I know everything about it. I'm a person that puts a lot of roadblocks in my way by being like, if I don't know exactly how to do that perfectly, I'm not going to do it. So I like read a lot of books and listened to a lot of podcasts in preparation of getting this dog. And one of them was called like how to... It was called something that made it sound like a bunch of BS, but it was like how to train the perfect dog in five days or something. And basically the trick was like, instead of feeding them food in a bowl for the beginning of when you get them, you use the food as treats and all day long, you keep training them and you reward them with their food. And you can keep track of how much more training you have to do by how much food is left in the bag. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody with a job. Uh, I could only do it because I had nothing Mm -hmm. to do all day, but it got her to like sit to say thank you or like sit to say please. And it like trained her for these things that was very useful in life. One of the things about this training method was like at all times, the dog needs to be tethered to you, tethered to furniture or in their crate. And so uh, she was never just like set free in the apartment because then I would have been chasing her around. Um, So we did that for most of her puppiness. And so now she basically knows just by training, I guess, to not chew anything. The other day I caught her with a pen cap in her mouth, uh, which was because I left her alone for five minutes. Uh, But we haven't really gone anywhere. And when she's alone, uh, she likes to nap in her crate. Like she'll go in there even if the door's open. So she just where she wants to nap because we got her a really sick bed for her crate. And that's where most of her toys are. So that's usually where she'll go if we leave, but most times we're here. So there's really nothing she can get to. But I uh, used to smoke and I still currently chew Nicorette gum to, you know, cause I can't quit anything. Uh, and so the other day I saw her like doing something weird with her mouth where like she couldn't get something. I don't know. I'm sure if you have a dog, you know, when they get certain yes. things in their mouth, like she got ranch in her mouth once and like, licked the air for three days looking it's for like, that paper it's again. like the peanut butter thing 
Yes, but this one was weird and I'd never seen it before. And it involved a lot of like pulling her whole head back. And I was like, what is up? And she had somehow gotten an old piece of Nicorette gum and gum to a dog alone must be so confusing. Uh, That's like, I can't eat it, but I can't get it off my teeth. And so watching her try to struggle with that was very funny. And it was only funny because I know I chew every last bit out of nicotine out of that thing. So she was in no real danger. <laughs> but once I got it, I yanked it out of her mouth. I was like, why would you even want this? But she hasn't destroyed any shoes. She hasn't, now that I'm saying this out loud, she's probably eating a shoe right now, but she hasn't destroyed any furniture. She pooped in Ashley, my old co-host's house. Uh, she peed in her house twice. But other than that, I mean, she's been a pretty well-behaved pup. She destroys her toys. I can't give her the soft mm. toys. I can only give her the hard ones because she'll just rip it open and eat it. And she ate her bed that's inside of her crate last night, which is a, a real conversation she and I are going to have later. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, she really doesn't destroy too much. Well, um, well, my rescue dog ate a third of my couch, so you can go to hell. Oh my no, God, I'm kidding. a um, third of your couch. No, I can go uh, to hell. That's crazy. No, but um, <laughs> I, I just... Uh, I, yeah, I got two rescue mutts. I appreciate you going out and rescuing it. Uh, it's I mean, like I, the I one got thing super I'm lucky. About in life, I got so. the best dog ever. I do not deserve this dog. She's the sweetest thing, and she just wants to cuddle with me. And I'm like, you're oh. my dog. You're made for me. She's the well, best. Right on. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank, thank you, Jeff. All right, we're going to throw it out to Beep Count now. I think he's got a question about drunk history. Go Ooh. ahead, Beep Count. Oh, God. You guys are asking all the questions that'll make me talk for an hour. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm just, I want you guys to have all the information that you need for whatever group project this is that you're working on. Well, Katie, thank you so much for <laughs> taking time and, and joining us tonight. We, uh, we appreciate everything that you do. You're like the keem star of this podcast. I'm sorry. That might be too inside of a reference to YouTube. Never mind. Keep going. You just called him keem star. <laughs> like oh, star. oh, oh no. Go, 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 go compliment beep count i don't know your real name that didn't feel sincere but beep count i swear we're not making fun of you it's in support what's your question my love so i'm a big fan of history and alcohol and drunk mm. history has been one of my favorite shows since it started what it feels like seven eight years ago something like that um kind of give me or give us you know some behind the scenes or peek behind the curtain uh to your experience on on the show so i've done it three times and I guess that's all it's going to be now because I forgot they canceled it, which sucks. Uh, but I, I've done it three times. Um, I don't remember how this happened. I don't know if I had Derek Waters on my show and then he invited me to do it. That must have been how it went. But he uh, so the first time I I live, I'm a messy person. I have ADD. I'm not afraid of it. I accept it. I'm like I said, I'm almost 34. So like, I know I'm never going to be the person that's like very clean and tidy. I also never hang things on my walls because I have commitment issues. And I'm like, if I hang that, it's going to be there forever. doesn't matter. What matters is I knew they were coming to my house and I knew my house looked like I had just moved into it. And I knew that I'd lived there for a while. So the, what it looked like, actually, it was the, the day I did my first drunk history was the day I had I guess it was the next day. I had a bunch of stuff that day and I uh, needed to hang things on my walls and I had just broken up with my live-in boyfriend, but he was still living in. So this is the situation that drunk history was starting and I knew it was going to be a mess. So I um, 
I spent most of the day, I went and I did somebody's podcast. I wish I could remember whose. And then I came back here and I was like hanging things on my walls and cleaning up my house so that it would look okay, which I realized pretty quickly was very dumb because when they show up, they move all of your furniture and they like change your lighting so that they can get a thing that looks good on TV. Um, they unplugged my fridge and then forgot to plug it back in. And since I was super hammered, I didn't notice until the couple of days later when I was like, oh, this is weird. Um, but so the, the, I was very nervous about them being in my house. I was also worried about like, uh, so my boyfriend who wasn't really my boyfriend, but for the sake of safety, I knew him better than I knew anybody else that was coming over to film me in my apartment. I thought he was going to stay. And they were like, it's actually better if he leaves, because if you get really hammered, and somebody you know is there, you have a tendency to like talk to them or turn to them and it really messes up, you know, what we're trying to do, which is a television show. So I was like, okay. So I really just invited a bunch of people, men mostly into my home and got hammered with them and uh, just, I guess, crossed my fingers that nothing was gonna happen, but it was totally <laughs> professional. Everybody was super nice. They have a doctor come in. You have to get blood work done before you do it so that they can make sure that you're like safe to drink. And then there's a doctor there who makes sure that like you're okay while you're drinking. Um, I got so drunk. When I had interviewed Derek Waters before, he was like, it's so funny. After we do the show, I always get a text the next day from the host that's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't ever tell the story. And I'm like, that is so dumb. No matter how drunk I get, I would never forget telling you the story. So they give you the story like a week before, and then they call you a couple days before. And they're like, tell me the story. And you tell it to them. And then they say like, okay, at this part, think about what the dialogue would sound like in that room. Like all the obvious notes that you, a person who watches Drunk History should have thought of on your own. They're just like, hey, bring us into that room. You mentioned a meeting. What would the meeting sound like? Then when they get there, they do one version of it with you as you're drinking your first drink and you go all the way through and any details you forget, they're like, just keep going, just keep going. So when you're like, then in some year, I don't remember this happened. So they get you all the way through, then you drink again, and then you sit back down and then they're like, okay, you were telling a story about a meeting. That meeting was in 1852. That's the year you couldn't remember. So tell it to me again. It's 1852. And you're like, okay, so in 1852, and you tell the story and then you go and go and go over and over and over. At the end, I was so drunk. I think the second they left, I puked, like puked my brains out. And I'm a morning puker. And now that I'm in my 30s, it's like morning, afternoon, and night puker. But I don't ever puke the night of. And I puked the night of. Uh, the next morning was the pre-interview for my appearance on Seth Meyers. It was all happening to me at once. And I have no idea why. Uh, I had a pre-interview at like 10 a.m. I woke up and I was like, I feel great. I had puked it all out and they gave me like charcoal tablets before you start drinking that apparently super duper helped. Um, but then I texted Derek and I was like, oh my God, I didn't tell the story. <laughs> and he was like, yes, you did. I told you you were going to say this and you still said it. How stupid are you? And I was like, no, no, literally, <laughs> do you need to come back over? Because I did not tell the story. The second time I tried to get not as drunk because I the story mattered more to me. Uh, and then it... it ended up not being as good. And also we went to an Airbnb. So that was awesome. And then the third time uh, I got my most drunk at an Airbnb and uh, I woke up on somebody else's couch with an oxygen mask on with just like the PA. 
sitting in a chair and I like woke up like, <gasps> like pulled it off and was like, what's up? Where are we? What's going on? Is Derek still here? And he was like, no, Derek left a very long time ago. Do, uh, do you want us? I, I didn't want to put you in an Uber. And I'm like, good call. Definitely a yeah. good call. So they gave me a ride back to my house. But I was like, oh, I understand the value of doing it at home. But waking up in a very fancy apartment in New York in, with oxygen on your face was a weird but, you know, the joy, the best thing of doing Drunk History is when you watch it back for the first time, you can laugh at your own jokes in the most genuine way because you truly don't remember ever having told them. I was like, that was really funny. Good for me. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. Uh, it was a joy to do that show except for the blood work because I'm terrified of needles. But other than that, I would do it every year if I could. It's so fun. Fair enough. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That's Please awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw it to a super Lebetard fan, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. The rest of you are not Lebetard fans. I was sold a bill of goods. Well, no, he's he's a super, super Lebetard fan. Okay, it's a sorry, whole thing. Mark. Let's not get into it. Uh, okay, let's not. Anyways, tomorrow I have to interview Mr. Dan Lebetard uh, oh. for a podcast. Oh. So I'm going to be on Mystery Crate. So do you have any advice interviewing Mr. Dan Lebetard? Man, um, hmm. I would say, you know, don't, don't be bad at it. That's my first Thank piece you. of advice. Thank you, Katie, for your, thank try you for your answer. Best, try your best to help She it. must have heard uh, the first mystery, Craig. Because if you're yeah. bad at it, he's going to let you know. Um, also, I mean, maybe, look, does he listen to these? Probably not. So no. I can tell you this. If no. you can find a way before the interview to let him know that you're a little nervous and uncomfortable, his instinct will be to protect you. He might make fun of you, but he'll always, you know, he'll, he might coddle you a little bit more. I'm just saying this because I think he assumed it about me and he was, he treated me in a way that I was like, hey, I'm okay, you know, I'm, I got it, it's okay. He's very loving and caring, but he doesn't probably want anybody to know that. So I think if you could let him know like, hey, thanks so much for everything you've done. I'm so nervous to be interviewing you here. He might go easy on you. He also might use it against you. I don't really know. Uh, I would just say, make sure you, look, anything he throws at you, just bring up all of the interviews he's done where you're like, that was an awful choice, what you did there. The thing that makes his interviews good is sometimes they're awful. And you're like, this is so, Dan, how did you not know that? So you can always, if he's mean to you, just throw it right back in his face. I bet you remember more about Dan's radio show than Dan does. Use that to your advantage. All right. I like that. Like, for example, he brought up Danica Patrick to Aaron Rodgers. Very yes. awkward. Why would you do that, Dan? Yes. So I'm going to ask you this awkward question about Mark Hawkman, your former producer that everyone thinks you hate. Perfect. I Got mean, it. that's a Thank you, be, Katie. You be careful there. But yes. Nailed it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. It'll be good. You've got All this. Right. I believe in you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Great advice. Great advice. All right. We're going to throw it to Jeanette next. She's got a question about a certain party that you attended. Go ahead, Jeanette. Um, hi, Katie. It's a pleasure to uh, talk to you today. Big it's fan. a pleasure to talk. I'll be honest. Your, your face is the face I've been looking at this whole time. No offense to anybody else. Yes. It's just wherever it is on my screen, I keep being like, is Jeanette laughing? Because if she's not, I got a bail. Ooh, pressure <laughs> now. Thank you. So um, we all know the story of how you got into the SP party because of Diana Rossini mm -hmm. when she called you Rose Lavelle and then the bouncer was like, you're in and you got in. 
So I know you have a close association with the women's national team. So has the story gotten back to our world champion Roosevelt that this happened? Is there anything you can share with us? And do you have any, um, if you want to turn the tables on Diana and, you know, go after her a little bit or not, or have a similar story like of her being outrageously wonderful, please share. Perfect. A really good save on that. Uh, I'm searching my DMs, which I actually don't even think is a thing you're allowed to do because I, uh, I sent Rose Lavelle the story. I like clipped it off on my podcast. Cause I'm like, look, her mentions were getting full of people being like, Oh my God, it's Katie Nolan. Or, Oh my, like an inside joke that if right. it were me, I don't know what she would be like, but if it were me, I'd be like, what are all these people referencing? And then to get to the story in a three hour podcast, I would have, it would have, I didn't want to waste your time. So I clipped off the like easy part of the story and sent it to her to be like, if you're seeing this in your mentions, this is why, uh, I hope you're not mad. You're right. the best. I worship <laughs> at your feet. You're everything I ever want to be. Uh, yes. Love Katie. And she responded. And I th- I want to be honest. So I'm trying to find it. But it was so long ago that, that I don't know. Also diving into my DMs is a, a real treat. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure she just said something that was like, that's really, really funny and awesome. And I was like, yes, she blessed it. She said <laughs> it was okay. Uh, and then I interviewed her for something and she was like, she was fine with it, which was so great. She's really the most wonderful. She had a tweet once about how she wishes that she could tell her dog that the reason we don't give dogs chocolate isn't because we don't love them. It's because it'll kill them. Because she said she feels so bad when her dog must think like, you're really seeming to enjoy that thing. Why won't you share it with me? And I think about it every time I look at Myrtle, which is like, that's just a sign of a good tweet. So anyway, I love her. Um, What did you, what... Oh, do if I have anything against Diana? <sighs> no, if you have like another like similar story of her being outrageous in that way. I mean, it's every story with Diana <laughs> is Diana being outrageous. She approaches life with this energy that I'm like, how aren't you worried about how that's going to go? And she's like, why would I worry? And I'm like, okay, because all I do is worry. The reason I'm like, I gravitate towards Diana is because I think my body is like, be around somebody like that and let some of it rub off on you. Cause she just walks up to things and is like, hi, Diana Rossini. Oh, here's a good example. So she, uh, I tried to interview, I was down at the Pro Bowl. This was a year ago. It feels like five years ago. Uh, the Pro Bowl in, um, in Florida, was that Orlando? And we had gotten sent down there in like a ESPN wants you to do something at the Pro Bowl, which you would think would be really cool. But the hardest thing is when everyone's at the Pro Bowl and you have to try to find your way to like, I want that person's time. And you're in a hierarchy and you're way at the bottom. It's like, oh man, I feel like I'm starting all over again. So we went down there and we had this thing set up where we were going to be out on the field and we would just grab players and ask them something funny, but it would be the same question. So it wouldn't take too much of anybody's time. Long story. So we start grabbing people and somebody was supposed to come talk to us. And I, I really want to say, I really don't remember who it was, but it must've been somebody on the Titans because Vrabel got involved. So Diana, basically we got back to my hotel room. And I, she was like, how, cause I saw Diana out in the field. She has all these connections. She's like, who can I help you grab? Which I'm like, that is so not, don't you have your own thing to do? And she was like, Katie, you're going to suck at this unless you have my help. And I was like, it hurts, but thank you for helping me. So she was helping me. There was somebody we couldn't get. 
later she came to my hotel room. We were talking about it and she was like, they wouldn't let you talk to him. And I was like, no. And she texted Mike Vrabel and said, like, somebody on your media team wouldn't let such and such talk to the most famous, wonderful person, Katie Nolan, yada, 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 in a text message and showed it to me. And I'm like, you are wasting that man's time with the fact that nobody wanted to talk to me. That's a me problem. I am the reason that nobody wants to talk to me because I just dunked on Jarvis Landry and I don't think he appreciated it. So it's my fault (laughs) that they won't let me talk to him, but you took it up with the coach and you weren't worried at all about how that would, she just approaches everything with like, I thought he should have talked to you. So I'm going to talk to the person I know who might be able to help. And I need that in my life because I'm like, nobody wants to talk to you. You should go hide in the corner. And anything bad that happens to you is your own fault. And you should beat yourself up about it for three days. So Diana is like a vacation to me. It's chaos, but at least it's not, I don't have to worry because she's not worried. So I still get a little bit worried, but it ends up being awesome. And it shows me that worrying doesn't help me do anything. It keeps me from doing cool stuff. Love That's it. A we great all need stories. You love it. Love it. Yeah. I'll need one of those friends in our life. <laughs> yeah. Everybody needs a Diana, but only one. Absolutely. You really only need one. If you go to two, it gets a little intense. Things can get out of hand. They work right. together. It's a mess. We've got a Katie. I know it's we're hitting about the hour mark. Uh, we've got a few more questions left. For I you want all you of them. The you have nothing okay. to worry about. I want all of them. Stop making me feel like you want me to shut up because I, I won't. I won't. I. I don't my my whole role. I, I I'm kind of the point guard of of this thing. So uh-huh. like I, I want to make sure everybody gets their questions in, and but I also you know I'm, I'm looking at the clock and making sure we're not we're not taking. We're fine. Up we're wasting time right now. Hit me with another question. Okay. All right. We're gonna throw it to Ant up in Brooklyn. He's got a question for you. Hey, Katie. Thanks for joining us. Um, Hi. You're welcome. So I want to talk about your experience on highly questionable. Um, and specifically with Poppy and the way the handshakes go or don't go. And, uh, you know, I've never met him. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> exactly. I've never met that man. He's never gotten me. <laughs> They're hard to discuss because I understand the joke. I know the magic of it. You don't want to explain the magic trick, but that <laughs> man may changed the rules and moved the goalposts in that game so often that by the like the first time they got me i it was pure i had given myself a pep talk in makeup i was like do not but the way they film it is so especially when poppy was there is so stop and go that like you think when you're off camera you're off camera you can say things like hey can somebody come i have a booger can someone come here for a sec i gotta fix this and you know that's not going in, or at least I thought. And so you're like, you're, you think you're in a free space. You let, you let your guard down for a little bit. And Poppy, at the very end, I think Dan had already gotten up. And I was like taking my mic off, which is a universal symbol for we are no longer on television. And he reached out his hand and was like, thank you so much for coming and doing the show. And I had just finished HQ, a show on ESPN when the sun is still out. And I was like, I can't believe that they let me do this this is such an honor. And Dan had said something to me about how nice I was to his father. And I was like, that must mean a lot to Dan. So I, and I was like, thank you for having me put my hand out. And the second it went out, I was like, Oh no, Oh no. And he got me and he got me good. And I was terrified of getting got again. And then the next day or the next time he got me, it was because he was like, 
in my ear ride home was like, he, he's, we're doing a bit with a phone and he doesn't know how to use a phone. So can you show him how to use it? And I was like, here, Poppy, I'll show you. And then he like pulled his phone back and I'm like, that was ride home. That had nothing to do with you. You don't get credit for that. And then there's other times where he does things where you're like, you are an old man. I love you. I don't judge you for your age. This isn't ageism, it's facts. You are older than I am. Old enough to be a guy who's older than I am's dad. So you're older. Health becomes a thing when you're older. So if you're going to look like you're hurt or if you're going to look like something, you're embarrassed about something, my whole brand is if you're embarrassed, hey, that's okay. Like, Miles, I piss my pants. Like, uh, that's what I do. I piss my pants to make you feel better about pissing your pants. We're all in this together. So when Poppy pisses his pants, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want him to think that he's getting too old for this. I want him to know he's still a precious flower. And then I do something, and then he pulls it back and then chickens drop from the ceiling and i'm like maybe empathy is bad maybe we should all go through life mean vicious people and not worry about old people or respecting feelings and i just i miss them and i love them but man i have i cleared that table of fake fruit so many times out of anger when he got me for giving him a pen like i don't even know what i did i don't know what got means got what what happened <laughs> Well, we really appreciate it, you being here, and, and that's a great story. Uh, Katie, you good? I'm fine. I'm sorry. I just didn't have therapy yet this week. It's Monday, so I'm just, I got a lot of, I just get really stressed out. He asked for help. I gave him help. The confusion is part of the whole bit, too. Like I you, know. You, I'm not know. knowing how the game is precisely And that's played. why you can't it's, tell this story or 18,000 people yell, you don't get the show. And you're like, I right, do. I just right, need right. to vent for 30 <laughs> seconds about the show, okay? Because I'm living the show and it's a lot. And All right. seems to be really revelant when people get oh, caught. With, with he whole, sure like, does. You think, because it's the only time Dan gets to win. It's the brilliance of HQ is that Dan always loses, but he gets to win through his dad vicariously. And then he gets to go, ah, and, and figure out how to pop the confetti, which he gets wrong every single time. <laughs> and shoots it's himself a, in the chest every is, single time. I mean, what a show. You it's guys are make me sad. It's just such love a good it. show. It's All right. becoming this two guys. What yeah, he becomes, he becomes the Stu God. That's true. That's he why to, he needs. Yeah. That's why he has the it's most Stu Gods, Stu Gods as his co-host, so that he can, you yeah. know, he can let it out elsewhere, and he doesn't need to worry because Stu is so Stu. All right, we're gonna throw it next to John down in Miami. Go ahead, John. Oh wow! Hi, Katie. Hi, John. That's a cool voice you got there. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. So, um, in light of the Pam Oliver uh, stuff that's just recently, all that hate from all the bros. Are you familiar with what just transpired? Uh, vaguely. I vaguely think so. I think I saw a little bit of it on Twitter. Mostly I, av- I avoid stuff like that Got because it. what's bad for the goose is bad for the gander. What do they say? Yeah. I just try not to look at it because it reminds me so much of my own. And then you go to a dark place. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I, but ask your question. Sounding... I'm sure it's going to be real fun and enjoy. No, well, that, that's where I was going. So in light of that, and and um, at the risk of being the grief eater on, on this pod, um, I'm reminded, I was reminded of the GQ article in 2008, when you were um, recounting your time at, at Guyism, and about the, the side that you chose during Guyism. And I thought maybe you, you could maybe speak a little bit to that 
um, to our audience and then maybe try to um, highlight or spotlight some of the women in sports media that aren't represented or, or in general that aren't this represented the worst possible time for me to have to order dinner and i <laughs> love your question but my boyfriend just walked in and i was like i'm gonna look like i'm looking at my phone while he's asking a very important question no go it's for pizza. it Do no, the answer is pizza no <laughs> he's on a diet which means i have to be on a diet that's how that works Ooh. i know Ooh. oh i'm gonna get a salad with ranch dressing it's gonna be a salad which means i get credit in my mind but also it's gonna be ranch which means it's gonna have a lot more calories than a burger would have in the first place i love that katie just did the mike ryan where she asked what's for brunch when dan went rogue and the mystery crate music just played i did it on purpose it was a very heady play um Man, why doesn't this remember? It's a make your own salad. I don't have the brain capacity to make the same salad I made last time. Why don't you remember it? You should be saved. All right, let's walk through it together. Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get romaine lettuce. Oh no, Thank I want to get the alfalfa mix. It's better. It's kale, which meh, butter lettuce, fine, and romaine. It's just a little healthier. So that's what we're gonna spinach. go with. And they chop they chop it up. No little, spinach that's not cooked makes my mouth feel dirty. Little spring mix, maybe. No, Jeez, don't guys. You know what? This isn't like a a dinner by committee. I'm gonna do the dinner <laughs> and I'll share it with you. But you know. Choose up to five toppings. Well, guys, we're going to go with apples because apples and ranch dressing and grapes and ranch dressing, crazy underrated. We're going to go with carrots, corn, and cucumber because those are the three C's. And I get one more and we're going to make it. We're going to make it grape tomato. Ooh, grape tomato is good. Nice and juicy or something. Choose a dressing. We're going to go with no dressing because I got a giant bottle of ranch on deck. And then choose a dressing style. I'm going to again have to choose no dressing. (laughs) Choose a dressing size. Guess what? No dressing. (laughs) Would you like extra toppings? No, I got all the ones I wanted. Premium toppings, though? Sign me up. We got roasted chicken. I'll add you. And then I'm also going to add a little bit of fresh mozzarella cheese. (laughs) Because this place doesn't have cheddar. And I know mozzarella is not the mix with ranch, but it's the best option of what they have, which is feta and goat cheese and Parmesan cheese. So I'm going mozzarella and I don't want to get yelled at. And you know what? Because I'm a bad bitch, I'm going to get avocado too. So that's where we're at. Add to bag. Thanks, Bob. What was the question? Oh, it was about the GQ. It was the heavy one. It was the really heavy question. Um, When you say what side I picked, you mean the way that I made a reference to how like when I was growing up and I was younger, I used to say I'm one of the guys. And then I realized how gross and nasty that is. But it took me a while to unpack my own toxic uh, misogyny that is inside of my brain. That's kind of what I was hinting at. Yeah. So I used to work for, I used to run a blog called Bitches Can't Hang. And it is uh, the thing that got me here and something I was proud of because of it taught me how to write and define my voice. But it also is this huge, like, dark cloud in my past to me because growing up and liking sports uh, and being told by the world that I was supposed to like pink and dressing up and wearing makeup uh, was always weird for me that I didn't feel I also um had a boy's haircut until I was in a traditional boy's haircut until I was in high school Thank which you. uh sounds like nothing but you would think like it, it's your formative years of figuring out who you are and I was figuring out that I felt like I fit in more with like my brother 
and uh, and like guys that wanted to watch sports. And uh, incorrectly, I internalized that as like, I'm not like other girls and spent a lot of my life thinking that um, until I grew up and realized that by saying that I was enforcing this narrative that was being written by not women. It was men saying that she's not like other girls or that men like sports. And I was taking that and internalizing that and being like, well, then I must be a guy. I must be like the guys instead of being like, I know plenty of women who like sports. I know plenty of women who love sports. I know plenty of women. Mina Kimes is one of the smartest people on sports that I know. And I'm not saying that because she's a woman. I'm not saying that because she's a friend. Like I know when she talks, I'm going to go, oh my God, I would never have known that. And I also know because now I'm 34 that I'm, that's not my value. I'm never going to be a person that remembers stats because I don't have a brain for numbers like that. Numbers come in and they leave. I was very good at math in high school, but that's because you don't have to memorize numbers in math. It was like problem solving and showing your work, but like knowing numbers and knowing what those mean and knowing, remembering histories of stuff that becomes very helpful when trying to analyze what's happening now. Mina is so good. She watches a football game differently than I do. Like there are women that are so Doris Burke, her basketball brain is amazing because she has the information, she has the experience, and she also has this heart that she brings to it. And like, it's this thing that sets her apart, but it sets her apart in a way that like other women have that, but, but women breaking into this industry is hard. And a lot of people that have the skills to do that might not have the ability to like not let all of that get to them. Like I reached a point in this pandemic where this all started to get to me where I was like, why am I even, does anybody care if I do this anymore? What am I trying to prove and who am I trying to prove it to? And why do I always feel like I'm failing at something that I don't even know what it is? Like this part of this job is very difficult. But the fact that people like Mina Kimes and Doris Burke and Maria Taylor, who's incredible, the fact that you see these people, Diana Rossini, doing their jobs is in should be indication and evidence enough that there are tons of women who feel the same way about sports as Diana Rossini and Doris Burke and Mina Kimes. And like these ones are the ones that fought like hell to get to where they are, but it doesn't mean they're exceptions to the rule. And like it, I, I didn't like just learn this. So I'm using examples of like current, but like it, it took me a long time to realize that like I was doing more damage to other women the longer I carried that stupid narrative around with me, which once I realized was like being freed from a prison of having to be special where I was like, oh, okay. So we all know that we're all like this and I no longer have to be the absolute best at it because every, there are plenty of other women like me. Thank God, because it's so hard to tell yourself your whole life that like, you're different. You're the best. You're an exception. Everybody likes you. It's just like a, a it's a weight on your shoulders all the time. And so the more I've embraced it and the more I've been like, look, I do this for a living, but really I know plenty of people, even just in my personal life that could do this for a living. They just, 
their paths went a different way and mine went this way. Once I realized all that is when I learned that like all the only job I really have to do is figure out who I am and then make sure I am that person every time I sit in front of a camera or every time I get behind a microphone. Because if I'm trying to be anybody other than myself, then I'm there's probably a person out there who's already doing it, who's better at it. So all I can do is be the person who shows up to the Zoom in a sweatshirt and uh, and didn't drink and is upset about it. But like I can lift up my friends and other women uh, as much as humanly possible because why the hell not? Why wouldn't, this is cool. Why wouldn't we want more women to do it? Boom. Is that okay, John? No, that's excellent. Uh, Is there anybody you want to um, (laughs) highlight that maybe isn't represented as much? Oh my God, I have a list. I have a list on Twitter of uh, anytime somebody tweets at me and is like, I really love what you do and I want to do it. I add them to a list called the future. Um, That way I can keep an eye on them and, you know, just also see how close they are to like coming for my job. Um, (laughs) But not that I wouldn't let them have it. It's just that, you know, you got to keep an eye on them. So, uh, well, let's see. Here's one. This is Cassidy Quinn. I've actually talked to her on the phone, but I can't remember what market she's in is my only problem. Uh, she worked at 987 The Bowl. Is that Portland? Is anyone here from Portland? Not sure. But you mentioned her on the interview with yourself. I did? Yeah. Oh, well, Cassidy Quinn is lovely. She's very good at her job. Um, Maybe it, um, let me see if my list is public. Maybe you guys should all just follow my list because it really so is. So we could all find out we're not the future together. Yeah, you might not be the future. <laughs> you're not the future at this time. That doesn't mean you're not the future. It's a pretty small list. Uh, it's just from people that I, I look at their timeline and I'm like, oh my God, look at her working. She's working really hard because that's what it is for me. It's like, if you look like you love doing this and you're really committed to doing it, it's why when I started my blog, which I know I just said was bad and also good, I'm the one that told myself I had to write on it five times a day. I had five posts a day and it, nobody was reading it, but I knew that if anybody were to ever go read it and there was like one blog post every month, they'd be like, oh, this was a good post, but this woman's not serious about doing this for a living. And all I wanted to do was write. It's all I want to do. And so I would write on this blog every single day. And then when somebody found it, they were like, oh, when I got the offer from Gaiism, they were like, first of all, they thought I was a dude, which of course, it was something I was creating for myself, even though I was called that bitch. So it's pretty obvious I was a woman. Either way, uh, they were like, "Can which one of you wrote this post? And I was like, one of us. It's, it is just one of us. It's just me. Nobody else writes anything. Like they thought we were a legitimate organization. And that's just because, you know, if somebody has two seconds to look at your stuff, make sure that when they look at it, this is now advice for college students, but it, make sure that when they look at it, there's a whole plethora of stuff there so they never try to tell you what your voice should be because you've given them plenty of evidence of what your voice is nice i'm talking too much no no not at all not at all uh speaking of someone that you should uh be on the lookout for and someone who is uh i think more passionate about sports than just about anybody i know our foreign correspondent uh in australia morgan has got a question for you go ahead morgan okay and please excuse the tears that was beautiful stop it You just Um, did your eye makeup. Hold on. Let me see it. Bring your eyes closer to the camera. That's really pretty. Ooh, it's like green. It's like poison ivy vibes. Yeah, that's what I'm going with today. I'm going to scare these tennis players into submission today. What time is it there? It is 12.22 p.m. Oh, my God. I start work at 2 p.m. And I'm going to crush it. 
Yes, obviously. I have a friend who lives in Australia. Her name is Inez Ritchie. I know there's not that many of you over there. So if you ever cross paths with her, she's wonderful. (laughs) She's so wonderful. 22 million people here. I know. And we have that in LA, I think. So it's just, uh, you, she's, uh, she's the absolute best person on earth. It's so weird having a, like someone who is a best friend on the other side of the planet. So if you see her, just tell her I said hi. Oh, I have the same thing because I have Pamela and she's in Virginia. Yeah. And, and she's at this little Zoomie. You get it. You get it. My best friend's in another place too. Anyway, I just wanted to know what you've been doing to ruin sports for men this week because mm, um, that is my question. goal in life. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, let's start with um, I didn't wear a bra to this Zoom. I'm wearing a, an XXL uh, sweatshirt. So I knew that it wouldn't be a problem. Uh, I, I, cause it wouldn't be ruining it for them if I didn't wear a bra and I wore like a t-shirt that would be probably doing exactly what they wanted. I, yeah. I showed up in a wow. fitting gigantic sweatshirt. So that's step one. Uh, I doesn't count as this week because it's Monday, but, uh, last week I hosted HQ, which is a show that used to be hosted by a guy and people oh. had a lot to say about it. Um, so I think that I know while this podcast might not acknowledge that that's still a show and that's totally fair, it technically is, and it still has to be on ESPN and someone's got to do it. And so I did that. So I think that might've upset them a little bit. And, uh, surely there was something on Twitter where someone said something about sleeping with me and I made it. Did you report a dick pic? I got to do that today. That was exciting. Oh, it's been a couple weeks for me, which honestly I took personally. Like, have I not been, you know, have I not been <laughs> doing it? Why is no one sending me their dick without me asking? But um, yeah, like I've been really quiet on Twitter this week. So I was touched that somebody actually thought of me this morning and thought, you know what? This is what I need to do. You know what this it was? What I, I bet they were like, Share this with Morgan. yeah, they were like that bitch finally shut up. So finally I can show her the thing she must be waiting for, which is exactly. what I'm I know what she's been waiting for. My yeah. dick. Yeah. Well, I've had, pretty, I've pretty had three this week. Gift. Wow, three. It doesn't That's, count if it's grown, Jeff. Exactly. Jesus. It's obviously not a thing that would ever happen, but I cannot stop laughing at the idea of us unsolicited sending photos of our vaginas to random <laughs> men on the internet. It's just a wild like reality shift if I well not you Pamela I know you do that I'm just saying the rest of us <laughs> the rest of us would well, be weird for I need to change Pamela my name Lace. if we just start doing shit like that like lace yeah just start that. sending pictures of like other people's vaginas and lace when they ask be like what you want to talk what's up <laughs> what, you so that's probably what it? I'm doing Morgan I just want you to talk more because your voice sounds much nicer than mine it's not it's really it not is. it is when I was in Australia, I interned for six months or three months with Weber Shandwick, which is a PR firm. But over there, it's Weber Shandwick. And it's like much more fun to say that way. But every time I called, like cold called somebody, they were like, I can't do an Australian accent, but I'll do British because it's close. They were like, oh, love, I think you called the wrong number. We're in, located in Australia. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I know. I'm in Australia. I just sound gross because I'm American and I'm sorry. Where were you? Which state were you in? Um, I lived in Sydney. So oh, I was in sorry. New oh, South Wales. Yuck. Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. That's it was it, everybody was skinny. And they're and they're hideous and they're awful and they've got a Well, I was young, so I still thought that's what beautiful was. I was like, look at these beautiful people, but they really didn't have men were weird. Men like got your number at the bar and texted you before you got home. I was like, what is up? 
I'm not throwing oh, it that well, hard. I don't know why. Katie, everything can kill you here. You're on a you're on a time frame. Like the time yeah, is ticking. That's like, true. That's something true. could kill you on the way home. There is a spider could snake kill me on the way home. home. I thought this guy was trying to kill me on the way home. It was very I was very uncomfortable with the men in Sydney, but a beautiful place. It's pretty, but it can float off into the oblivion. Wow. Come to Melbourne. Strong opinions. Strong opinion. What about the opera house? It's nice to look at. Great. Once you've seen it once, you've seen it. That's true. She's like not trees. Wrong. I will say I gained 20 pounds over there from Tim Tams. Oh, yeah. I would just eat a whole box of Tim Tams alone and be like, this isn't, I'm skinny, I'm fine. And then I got home and my mom was like, what's up? And I was like, what do you mean? It's a chocolate with a chocolate and then more chocolate on the inside. You got to try it. Sometimes you bite the corners off and you drink. And you drink a coffee through it and you do a Tim Tam slam. Oh, it's so good. So good. Oh, see, look, everyone get on it. Yeah. We can all be fat together. But they're not as good in America. You can buy them in America, but they just don't taste the same. It doesn't hit the same. Just like Cadbury chocolate over there. It's different. The flake bar, whatever the flake is called. That was my jam. Yeah. Chocolate tastes different here. It really does, it does. hit differently. It's so good. You guys must not use like a preservative of some type because boy, um, is it delicious. It's like butter in France. In France, you're like, what is this? And you're like, it's just butter. And you're like, this is the best butter I've ever had in my life. What is this? It's just yeah, butter. The cows must eat differently. Thanks, Morgan. I'll try my best. Thank you so much, Morgan, for that question. All right, we're going to throw it to Aaron in Memphis. He is up next. Go ahead, Aaron. Hello, Katie. Hi. All right, so my question is like, uh, it's the same question, but you're gonna have to answer it from three hypothetical perspectives. So when you're yourself at 16, yourself now and yourself when you're 80. um, I'm not making it that far, but I'll answer. Okay, like I said, hypothetically, all right? Okay, all right. Um, So you get arrested, what's it for? All three ages. This is good, you've done this before. Okay, at 16, it's for shoving a cop. Now, let me explain. Uh, it is because I, at 16, and so maybe still a little bit now, have a hard time um, shutting up when I think I'm right. Uh, it's just a thing. I, the thing I always got in trouble with with my parents was talking back. It was never for, you know, anything too crazy. I, for the most part, didn't really drink or do any of the other stuff you're not supposed to do because I was so scared. Uh, and it it worked on me. The guilt thing worked on me, but what I did get grounded for all the time was talking back to my parents. Like I was getting A's in school because they wouldn't allow me to get less and I wasn't drinking or getting pregnant. But my friends were like, you are grounded more than anybody we know. And it's because I would fight with my parents and I wouldn't shut up. So there was a time outside of a bar and I know 16, we wouldn't have been at a bar, but I grew into this 21 year old. So it probably would have been the case at 16. Somebody did something that made my friend cry. Now my friend was drunk. So she was probably going to cry at some point anyway. And it probably would have been because of something I did that I would have felt bad about. So it was going to happen. But this guy said something like she was ugly and I didn't like that. So I got in a guy's face and I basically was like, don't ruin my friend's night. You're ugly. I'll kill you. I'll fight you, which were all things that weren't going to happen. I was not going to fight this guy. I probably wouldn't have been able to kill him. I might've tried and then I would have attempted and I would have failed at it. And I still would have gone to jail, which would have been a huge waste of everybody's time. But I wanted him to feel bad because he out of nowhere made my friend feel bad. And she's not ugly. She's beautiful. So anyway, I yelled at him and then the cops came and had to like 
separate us. And by separate us, I mean, they had to put me in the little um, plastic zip tie ones. As soon as the kid got into a cab, the officer like clipped it off of me because white privilege and was like, you're fine. Just don't do stuff like that. But uh, I probably had they not done that would have lost my mind at this man, which I guess isn't the cop. So maybe I would have gotten arrested for, I guess, fighting. Is that what the assault? Assault. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's assault. Assault. I also got spit on outside of a Southie bar once and I tried to tell people that it was assault and that he needed to be arrested. I was a problem, but I've hey, grown. That's that's battery. He should have been arrested. Yeah, but at this, you also don't want to be the drunk white girl being like, that's assault, brother. It's not a good look. I don't recommend it. Um, then so at this age, if I were arrested, what would it be for? Um, I'm just going most likely um, like public urination. I can picture a world in which I uh, lock myself out of my apartment. I can't get in. And I'm like, I'm just going to go over here and pee because I got to pee so bad. And I don't want to go into a business because I don't have like a mask or something. And I could see that's the only thing I could see myself other than like if I accidentally mess up my taxes. I guess that's technically also something that could happen because when you come into a bunch of money that you're not used to and you're like, I'll try to do the right way with it. Uh, I could see someone being like, you made a mistake and it costs a lot of money to fix, but probably public urination because that's a lot more fun. And then when I'm 80, uh, probably some sort of a cyber crime at that point. Like, I think you got to do all the drugs once you turn 80, like 80, 85, just do all the drugs. You could arrest me right now for possession, allegedly. Like that's not, I just don't think that you could, I think it's legal here. I don't think you're going to get arrested at 80 for possession unless you leave your house. Like I'm not leaving my house at 80. I barely leave my house. Even if there weren't (laughs) a pandemic, I'm barely out. You're not going to see me out in these streets just because I like to read books and watch TV. That's kind of my jam. I can't snuggle with my dog at a bar. So why am I even here? So I think when I'm 80, is catfishing illegal yet? Like, I think I might pretend to be like 30 and hop on some dating website and then come to find out I'm 80. I don't know if that's illegal or just not a thing you're supposed to do. I think if you bilk them for their finances, I think maybe that's. But they're kind of the same to me for catfishing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll find out when we get probably get arrested for suicide, because if I make it to 80, I'm going to be like, why? I don't attempted suicide. John, does that make more sense? I'm going to try to do it. Say arrested for suicide is a tough one. Yeah, well, they might still try. Sometimes you get some real hard ass officers of the law. We're like, I don't care if you're dead. You you violated the law. Thou shalt not kill. That's a law, right? If you can win an election when you're dead, you can be arrested when you're dead. Yeah, I mean, I know 80 dead people who voted for Biden. So if that's allowed, then I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just kidding. The cops call it suicide anyways. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Save my job. We know where Katie Katie was on January 6th, apparently. This won't air until after the inauguration, so it's all good. (laughs) Oh, you think. You think. Let's fingers crossed the the inauguration happens. (laughs) All right, we're going to throw it to Kiz next. He's got a uh, gymnastics question, I believe. Go ahead, Kiz. So I actually switched over from the gymnastics question, but I was the former gymnast just like you. No way. Yeah, I actually uh, competed with, like, Danielle uh, Leva. He was, like, a 2012 uh, Olympic U.S. Olympic gymnast. Uh, okay. But he's way better than me, and you probably were, too. 
I uh, was a rhythmic gymnast. Don't give me any credit. I ribbon danced. Junior I yeah. ribbon danced my way to gold medals in the junior Olympics, but I stopped when I was like, I don't know, 15. So it does not count. Yeah, I stopped at 13, but I wasn't any good. Um, but anyways, so I know that uh, before you blew up with your blog, um, podcast and TV show, you were actually a, a bartender. Mm. And I was wondering if you could share with us, um, what's your favorite or funniest bartending story? Oh my God. I worked at a, um, most of my time was at a bar in the BCBU area, a, a part of Boston called Alston. But whenever I say that, it sounds like Austin. So I have to make it very clear. I did not work in Texas, but it's like a bar where those colleges can all come to. It's got a bunch of bars around it. And so it's a high volume. It's not like when I first started bartending, it was at a strip mall somewhere on Long Island. And I also ran the fryer in the kitchen. Like it was me and the same six guys every night drinking. One of the guys used to always order Bud Light on ice. And I was like, why do you do this? And he said, you know, the phrase ice cold, this is where it comes from. And I was like, I don't even care to argue with you about this. It's, it's already weird. water. It's weird that you want beer on ice. Yeah, I get it. It's like Bud Light is like water, but at the same time, it's still Bud Light and putting ice in it is like putting ice in milk. And it's like, why are we doing this? Ice and orange juice. I'm like, what's up? Unless there's vodka in there. I don't want ice and orange juice. Anyway, so I go to this high volume bar where I realized later, because again, when you've grown your whole life being the ugly one that nobody likes, uh, then you grow your hair out and the perceptions or treatments of you change, your brain doesn't necessarily understand that. So I didn't learn until like once I'd worked there for a while, I was hired to be like the hot girl. And I was like, oh, that's not, uh, you're not gonna get that vibe from me. Uh, you're gonna get like focused on pouring these drinks. Cause if I don't, then I don't make any money. Like I don't make a lot of money by being like, oh my God, what kind of drink do you want? I'm like, don't string order. If I come over and I ask you what you want and you've been standing at this corner of the bar for 20 minutes, you better know what you and Steve and Johnny want. Don't turn around and be like, Steve, what do you want? You've had 20 minutes to get your shit together. If you don't tell me your drink, I have to move to the next person. And if you reach your hand across the bar to get my attention, it's not going to be the kind of attention that you were looking for. So don't do it. Like that was me bartending. Um, but I preferred bartending like lunch shifts where you could like talk to people about sports because my mom was a bartender. Like growing up, the reason I like sports because my mom would listen to sports talk radio so that when she went to work at night, she could be like, the Celtics, they're a mess. And like people would have stuff to say to her. Uh, so like as far as stories, because I worked at a bar like that, there were few and far between with like interactions with people. Um, I will say, please advice to young people who might be listening to this. If you're going to order a shot on like a Friday or a Saturday night when the bar is packed and God, I hope we ever get back to a place where a bar can be packed and you can order shots. But if we ever get back there and you order like a lemon drop, which is supposed to have a sugared rim around the shot, which means I have to take a lemon and put it around the rim of every glass for every girl in your sorority and then dip it into the sugar and then bring that over. And I have to bring you a lemon that you can bite it. Like if I just hand you a bunch of sugar packets and a pile of lemons, it, you got to be okay with that because you can take that to a second location and you can do all of the surgery yourself and have the same experience as if I had to carry two glasses at a time of sticky, it's messing everything up. So don't just, if a bartender takes forever to get you a drink, when you order a drink like that, you gotta just, you asked for it or don't ask for it. Straight liquor is much quicker. It'll get you there. Just suck it up. The sooner you can get used to that taste, the sooner you 
choke it down and and we'll go forward on our path. I don't have any good bartending <laughs> stories. I once hustled a kid out of uh, out of money at a papa shop machine while I was supposed to be bartending, but that was just I think I've told that one before, so I don't want to be a hack. <laughs> great answer, great Thank great you. advice. Thanks. Great advice. Um, all right, we're going to throw it to Andrew Streeter, our uh, resident SUI award winner. Go ahead, Streeter. Congratulations. Thank you, Katie. It's it's been quite the honor to you know to be on this Zoom call with you. Not the SUI. I don't care about that. I'm just kidding. Anyway, what <laughs> Flem is lighting up in the chat. What I wanted to ask you because you famously turned on Tom Brady when he went to Tampa. All right. And. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> given how this season has gone, how the Patriots season went, and how the, uh, you know, and I, I'm a Panthers fan, so I don't know how a horse in this race, but what I'm saying is, looking at this season's results, who's more responsible for the dynasty? Oh is it my Tom God. or is it Bill? Oh my and God. I'll take my answer off air. Are we doing this? Are we doing this right now? First of all, to clear my name in case the New York Post is listening. And honestly, if they are, they've got 18 better things to write about that have happened before this podcast than this. But they'll wow. find what happened, this okay. Don't worry. what happened was I listened to Tom Brady's introductory press conference with uh, Tampa Bay which is crazy to me that that was while the pandemic was happening because that it feels like so long ago, but to process that trauma at the same time as this trauma very publicly, Andrew was difficult. Okay. If I can make that perfectly clear. And what I said was after listening to him give non answers to non questions, I rolled my eyes and thought fuck Tom Brady for the first time in my life. Or maybe I said it and I clasped my hands over my mouth and was like, we don't say that in this house. How could you possibly say that? Because for the first time, I was not the guy he was doing it for. All the stuff he did, allegedly did, didn't do, it was for my benefit. And I knew that like, it would be okay. And then now he's being annoying. And my brain was allowed for the first time to be like, yo, you're kind of annoying. Whereas before, when he would do kind of annoying stuff, my brain was like, don't say that. He is our God. He does everything. He turned everything around. We worship him. Now my brain was like, you might be dumb. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm not supposed to say that. And then I'm, I bear my soul on TV. I tell that story as like, what a crazy moment in life. And the New York Post is like, Katie Nolan, F Tom Brady. And I'm like, great. The, I have done so much for this man. I remade Beyonce's Lemonade about how I was a woman that found out he might have cheated and then processing what that did for our relationship. I defended him. I made donations to a charity for testicular cancer to say that I care more about checking balls than the refs in the NFL do. And every snap that he missed, I donated a dollar during his suspension. I stood up for this guy and he's going to see this. He's going to see that the New York Post says, I said, fuck Tom Brady. So I was very upset about that. And it was not okay with me. What was your actual question? Oh, who was responsible for the dynasty? Look, Bruce Arians said, 
about Tom Brady after this game that sometimes he just doesn't, he's not worried about coaching. He lets Tom Brady do it himself. And he's like, where he came from, they didn't let him do that before. And I'll say that's because where he came from taught him how to do that so that now he can do that. Because if it weren't for Brady being on that team with Belichick, I don't know that he would have been the Brady that we got. So it's very difficult for me to say who was more responsible. Sure, one seems to be thriving while the other is adjusting this season. But I think the two of them helped each other become each other so much that you now can't judge each other's success without taking the other one into account. And anybody who tries to is an idiot. Wow. Wow. That that was an incredible dismount, Katie. Uh, I appreciate the uh, dramatic lean into the microphone too. That was. Streeter, don't be mad. I was only kidding. You're not an idiot. (laughs) Oh, I'm. Yes, he is. Tom Brady did nothing yesterday. Shut up, straight up. Okay. (laughs) All I could think about is that Ryan Rossello spent every week this season ranking them one and two and ended with Tom Brady winning. So now I feel bad that Ryan spent a week telling us who was better each week. Oh, not Ryan Mm. talk. I could have saved. Before we get off the rails, uh, uh, we, Katie, uh, that was our final question. Yes. We made it to the end. We made it to the end. You're going to go get to have dinner. Final. This was fun. Spending. This was a blast. This was really and fun. You have spent an hour and 43 minutes with Talking us about so myself. It's just so uh, yeah. crazy. You guys it's want true. to it's stuff, true. I want to tell you. I don't know. There's <laughs> nothing here of value, but if you can find something, then take That's it. Not true it's at yours. All. I just want to give it all to you. All. You guys are awesome. You're an awesome fan base. Anybody would kill to have people like you supporting the stuff that they do. So this is really well, awesome. And it was nice to meet you all. Well, that's super sweet of you to say. And before we let you go, I'm oh, going to go Oh, God, I knew back. there was one more thing. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a little uh, uh, something special we do for each guest. I'm going to throw it back to Lou Rafter. He's got something for you. Go ahead, Lou. Oh, God. All right. So if you probably noticed, I was doing something in the background. So what I was doing is I was welding a hat for you. <gasps> so. Oh, my God. I love it. You Wait, did that and- just now? Yeah, and just there's one more special thing, just a, a rose for your uh, for rose little. Uh, yep. That is the coolest so. thing you did. That just now. Yep. How does your How does that work? It's there's a lot to go into, and it's not. It's I'll quick I'll quickly show you. So here's my machine. It's got a bunch of needles and threads, and then I program the machine to stitch onto the hat, and so. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. I want it. That's so awesome. Am I are you allowed to wear a hat that has your own podcast on it? Absolutely. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Exactly. We all have God, one. I'll wear that on ESPN. Hmm. There you go. You should, put a well, little, you should put a little pirate flag somewhere on it. I can do that. Good you. idea. It's like a hey guys. Do you hey, want a 305 on it? Yeah, give me something. So, <laughs> something that I'll get a phone call about. Okay, don't do that again. Well, Katie, we'll uh, we'll we'll get your uh, shipping information. Uh, Lou, uh, Lou, tell her your Twitter handle before we uh, leave. I'm at at Stugatz Army seven ninety. Okay, hold on. If I don't do this right now, I'll forget. At Stugatz Army Army seven. 90. 90. Lou Rafter in sales. Okay, cool. I followed you. I hope that's okay. 
it's, it's, yes. <laughs> no, I, I prefer Rocker Yes. Yeah, you have to follow the rest of us now or okay. all feel terrible. All right, no, Jeff, I feel like I've yeah, probably interacted with a bunch of you on Twitter before, and <laughs> hey, I just you, don't know. You said, my, you said my display name made you laugh. Oh, yeah, because I came into the chat and I was like, Christy Yamaguchi, and I did laugh at that, and I'm going to laugh at that again. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Katie. We have we have finished this podcast again. We cannot thank you enough for being here with us and for spending all this time. We hope your salad that you ordered is as delicious as it sounded. It's gonna suck. It's a salad, but I'll give you a full review. Okay. Thank you guys so much. On the count of three. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. On the count of three, let me get a thank you, Katie. One, two, three. Thank you, Katie. 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 Thank you, Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.